Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? I don't understand why it's so difficult to confirm a recording session. I know. I'm so sorry, Drew. I actually did confirm it last night. The details of your feels do not interest me. Tell Stephen Izzy at Everything I Learned From Movies that I'm not going to approve their beer for that segment they sent me on Oh My Top. I asked for clean, athletic, and smiling. They sent me dirty, tired, and paunchy. An RSVP yes to Chris's I Like to Like Things party, and I want the driver to drop me off at 9.30 and to pick me up at 9.45 sharp. Call Dave at Super Movie Bros and tell him no for the 40th time. No, I don't want movie cocktails. I want glasses filled with warm Nathan's shower water. Mm-hmm. Then call two girls. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Then call two girls on a bench and remind them that the bench ride club is at Seville Coffee tonight. Then call Melissa over at Brook Reading and ask her to meet me for dinner at that place that I went to with Sean from What Does It Matter? Tell Gidget at the Retro Cinema I saw the movies that she sent over for the feature on the toughest 80s female actresses, and they're all so deeply rough. Is it impossible to find a lovely, attractive 80s female actress? Am I reaching for the stars here? Not really. Also, I need you to see all the things that Paul at the Countdown has pulled for Wayne's top ten list. I wonder if he's destroyed the soundboard yet. Who's that? Nobody. Herb. Uh, well, Human Resources sent her over about a new co-host position. I was pre-interviewing her, but she's hopeless and totally wrong for it. Well, clearly I'll have to do that part myself, because the last two you sent me were completely inadequate. So send her in. That's all. <laughs> That was a very good Emily Blunt. Well, done. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast. I am former assistant Drew. I'm Jacques Tucci. Ooh. Oh, I am Jacques the Tucci. I am that off-color blue that no one knows about Nathan. Cerulean. Cerulean. Yes. Quite right. Quite right. Quite right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast. We bring you a different movie of a different genre every two weeks. And tonight, we're going to be discussing 2006's The Devil Wears Prada for mm. our uh, chick flick genre. Wow. <laughs> so let's just pour ourselves a nice hot bath and a glass of wine and just gab like a couple fed up bitches. <laughs> you know what just eats me and just tears me up? You eat carbs. <laughs> Miranda Priestley is the editor-in-chief of Runway. So you don't read Runway? No. Not to mention a legend. And before today, you'd never heard of me? No. You work a year for her, and you can get a job at any magazine you want. You have no style or sense of fashion. I, I... No, no. That wasn't a question. You got a job at a fashion magazine? Yes. What, was it a phone interview? Who is that? Are we doing a before and after piece I don't know about? <laughs> In the world of high fashion. There you are, Emily. Actually, it's Andy. My name is Andy. A million girls would kill for this job. Is there some reason that my coffee isn't here? Did she go to Rwanda for the beans or something? Where so much is at stake. I need 10 or 15 skirts. The police! The police! Hello? Where are my eggs? 
Lingerie. She is vicious. Andy Sachs is about to discover. She hates me, Nigel. There's a way that you can help me. Little Chris go on some fishing line and we're in business. It's not just about what you wear. What do you think? <laughs> Andy, you look so chic. You look so thin. Do I? Just one stomach flew away from my gold weight. It's about who you are. Nate. I got it. Let me talk to her. No, 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 the person whose calls you always take, that's the relationship you're in. Let me know when your whole life goes up in smoke. When is it time for a promotion? People think that success just happens to you. It doesn't. You want this life? The decision's yours. The Devil Wears Prada. You don't deserve it. <laughs> this movie has quite the cast. There's a lot of little people in there that I'm like, oh, oh, I, I know you from a lot of other things. Uh, mm-hmm. Adrian Garner, um, the Tooch, the Tooch, obviously. Stanley Tucci's great in this film. Adrian Grenier, I thought he Grenier. played a like a bad boyfriend. I mean, she played a bad girlfriend, but yeah, we'll get into was, their relationship yeah, yeah, that was, pretty heavily. That's that was, uh, yeah, he was a little little immature himself, a little yeah, bit. And I mean, work. it was an interesting dynamic from from the shift between the book and like how he is portrayed in the book. And did you the read the book? In the film. I have not read the book, but I did read up on the cliff little notes. Bit, a little bit of differences uh, between oh, okay. the book and film. And then Simon Baker, who plays a uh, Christian, I think Thompson. Yes, uh, who yeah. she sleeps with towards the end. Like I don't feel like I've ever seen him in much else. I know he's on a TV show. Is he? I'm pretty Is... sure he's on some <laughs> yeah, some like he does some stuff. some ho hum TV show where he's some sort of detective or oh, a psychic, and they put yeah. a twist on it. Oh. It's like, like he could like taste some leftover food, and it's like <laughs> they, well, they hit, he murdered them at nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> the tastefulest. <laughs> And it was this dish. Uh, Shit. Yeah. But every time I see him in <laughs> something else, I'm like, no, you're <laughs> you're bad for business and you're bad for me. Yeah, the I the dynamics baby. the dynamics between them had moments of being good and then their resolve, like their ending was kinda like, meh. That's well, she kinda like reasserted this power that she showed that she sort of kind of like acquired for herself i'm not your babe it, well but, no yeah like i'm not your babe because the entire time that she's you know don't you want to be his babe though i, I mean, mean she will uh, okay so she's, she's, she's feeling somebody's <laughs> she's feeling vulnerable she just like broke up with the boyfriend and then she went off to paris and she's not feeling great and she's trying to do her job and the entire time I that get he that has, dick and, <laughs> and she got it <laughs> <laughs> but every single time that she that he talks to her, it's almost like demeaning her position as Miranda's assistant, where he even says, like, He's you're her. too nice. Like, you're not going to survive yeah. this. And she's like, all right, well, fuck off. I can do it. I can do this. Okay, but yeah, like her, you'd, you'd look nice in that dress if your tits weren't so too, so big. Like, he's nagging her down. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Even though he didn't say that. I'm making that up. <laughs> totally. But her getting the job in the very, very beginning, this was my first kind of like, is this the girl from Princess Diaries? <laughs> Is this what she does afterwards? I love sequels. <laughs> what if there's princes? Uh, I'm done ruling a country. I want to be a servant. I also saw this Anne Hathaway her, in Les Mes, and she was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this hell I'm living in. Oh, 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 oh Anne. Digging deep. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but she gets this dream job that a million girls would kill for, and she's like, mm, I didn't even want it. I didn't care oh, about fashion. Journalist, not a fashion journalist. That's not even this a real or journalist. Auto universe. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell that to your like like hopeful employer and saying, yeah, it was either this or I'm going to get some other Or I was going to be working job. at Burger King. Right. Like, okay, these are go my, work at these Burger are my King. Goals. Yeah. So my take on the movie is that uh, uh, Miranda mm. uh, is the, the Emperor Palpatine of fashion. Only through me can you achieve a power greater than any Jedi. And uh, she, she's got a Darth Maul, but she knows Darth Maul is just going to get cut in half. So she's she's mm. trying to get that Anakin Skywalker business going on. This is a I but but like she knows that like hey you go to like the evil planet with the warrior race and the spiky heads they're just going to get cut in half. So I'm going to try something different. Is Tooch Obi Wan Kenobi? Yes, <laughs> I love it. Why do I get the feeling you're going to be the death of me? <laughs> so at the end, when uh, when she decides not to join, this is know, where the fun the begins. rule of two. Instead, she she doesn't end up throwing Miranda Priestly down like a reactor shaft. But oh, that's but, that was my take on. It. Okay, she did do was, it yeah. to Emily. Yeah. <laughs> or when Miranda gets in her car at the end after like staring her down across the distance, yeah. uh, <laughs> she gets in the car and I'm just going, do it. <laughs> <laughs> the runway do models that. and the photographers, I hate them. Unlimited <laughs> power. I just want her like looking over the entire assembly line of outfits and models and just going, I love democracy. <laughs> Adrian going, you're going down a path I can't follow. <laughs> so all the girls out there who, who grew up or, or came of age loving this movie, or it's just something you fondly look back over a glass of wine. You're watching Star Wars. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what you're I watching. I love that this is a new take that I didn't even <laughs> even begin to see, but now that you explain it, it makes Adrian 100%. Grenier is, is Wadu? He's like, oh, Annie, uh, <laughs> no, stay here. I make you grilled cheese. That's got $8 worth of y'all's book in it, Annie. I thought he was like Padme, just this like, you know... Dying of of love, you know, because no, you're you're not who I thought you were. <laughs> and then, uh, um, it, okay, so then is Count Dooku Christian? Uh, yes, yeah, yes. Okay, he okay. does him a favor. He gets him in, and then uh, you want to be my apprentice. Don't call me baby. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But she gets this job, and she's so ungrateful for it. She's like, meh, whatevs. I'm just gonna, you know, show up looking like crap, like. Well it's not so much like looking like crap i think i think this is the Mousy idea hair. Of, okay. she looks like shit okay. this is the huge, <laughs> she does this is the huge setup for the dynamic shift of her becoming the Sith Lord. one of them yes <laughs> she needs she needs to go from pauper status up to princess and you know there it's much like the beginning the very beginning of the movie is so crucial to show the difference between the world that she is going to be entering in and the world that she is very much comfortable in <gasps> The clothes. What are is the- that? I love it. Is that yes? It's the new Sith robes from Dathomir. <laughs> will I? Will they fit me, honey? With a little bit of fishing line, we'll make some it Crisco. work. <laughs> With some Crisco fishing line, will make it are, work. Are her old clothes the uh, the pad ones? Are they, this too many. Oh man, it's great. <laughs> but she she shows up to work. Her hair is just kind of meh. Her clothes are meh. 
she's frumpy and just doesn't care. And that's actually my favorite part is how Meryl Streep's character just goes. No, 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 nothing's, you know, it's just the both those belts look exactly the same to me. You know, I'm still learning about this stuff and uh, <laughs> this stuff. Oh, okay. I see. You think this has nothing to do with you. You go to your closet and you select, I don't know, that lumpy blue sweater, for instance, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back. But what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue. It's not turquoise. It's not lapis. It's actually cerulean. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002, Oscar de la Renta did a collection of cerulean gowns. And then I think it was Yves Saint Laurent, wasn't it, who showed cerulean military jackets? I think we need a jacket here. Mm. And then cerulean quickly showed up in the collections of eight different designers. And then it uh, filtered down through the department stores and then trickled on down into some tragic casual corner where you no doubt fished it out of some clearance bin. However, that blue represents millions of dollars and countless jobs. And it's sort of comical how you think that you've made a choice that exempts you from the fashion industry when in fact you're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room from a pile of stuff. People like us, down the food chain, da, 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 we chose that for you. Out of a You're pile welcome. of uh, stuff. Amazing. She I, plays I such like an that. amazing tyrant. I mean, she rules with an iron fist. It, it gets it done, and it is so efficient. And, I mean, she demands per- perfection because she definitely demands perfection of herself but much but like she also holds lord, herself in such a high regard for it but much like a sith lord when she <laughs> fucks up bringing the book back like she puts her through the trials mm-hmm. the next day with getting the the harry potter manuscript get the harry potter go you get know, my steak it's like oh you know there's this minutes. there's this senator kill him no witnesses like fuck i've been yeah. in this job a couple months just going out killing senators now this is not the jedi way no no <laughs> yeah. not this from is a jedi. This not is, the journalist way this is not the runway <laughs> uh, the Tooch, though, really, I think, is the just that pillar that the movie needed. All right, everyone, gird your loins. He he carries the uh, the instructions to her. He really helps kind of keep the movie going when it kind of spikes, comes down. He's there to kind of pick it back up, let it fly more. Then you know, do right. his thing, and he he does he does explain to her like this is not just a magazine, like this is like a bible to people. This is inspiration, and you know what? Like you're not doing your job. You're whining. You're complaining, and you're gonna come here and gripe to me because she's not you know kissing your ass and telling you that you're doing a good job. You're not. So yeah. suck it up. Do your job. Do better. And it also acts as a sort of the foreshadowing of what is to come. Mm. Uh, you know, when when your life is a, in a smoldering ruin, then it's time for a promotion. Uh, is just sort of giving her an idea of what sort of horror hell is mm-hmm. to come. Horrific, horrendous. And she has uh, three three good friends. Uh, her boyfriend, the uh, the black girl, and uh, he was in uh, Mad Richard, Men. Richard Summer. Yeah. Yes, I, one of my favorite. Which here is where I think this movie missed. Such a good tie-in, like to really loop, just tie it in a bow and done. Richard Summer's character obviously knows a lot about fashion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the very, very end, 
when Emily Blunt is talking to uh, the Oh, new... you have some big shoes to fill? I thought... Have it be him! I thought that was... What a perfect, like, time to have him be like, I'm I'm ready, and I know... That would have been mean. And then, because he already knows all about fashion, <laughs> boom! And Miranda, like, who's this? <laughs> I don't know. I've just been making port wine reductions all day. <laughs> Is it weird? I'm going to have my smoldering blue eyes do all the acting for me. And you know what pissed me off the most about Adrian Grenier in this? Is his his $8 Yalsberg grilled cheese. You don't flip a grilled cheese that much. You flip a grilled cheese twice, maybe three times. To double check. You get it nice and toasted on one side. But you the, flip but it the, the sear and toast on that one side. You gotta, you gotta do it, and he's just he's just flipping this cheese nimbly, bimbly. You're not getting any brown. I don't believe you cooked that cheese. I think that's stunt grilled cheese. Oh, <laughs> stepping in. Yeah, I, right, I think it bring is bringing the fake. <laughs> I think it is setting up for the idea that like he's like they're counting every penny because you know they are living paycheck to paycheck because he's not really a sous chef. He's like you said, he's making port wine reductions all day. She obviously gets underpaid for this job, but it's a job that's going to allow her to like have open doors everywhere. And for her to say something to a simple no as a grilled cheese, he's like, no, 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 no. Like, give me that. And same thing when he comes back for dinner and he's all like, they charge like $5 a strawberry there, but it's okay because you quit your job. Why are you doing the science project? But I don't really I see that he does much that is that endearing. Or just or like, just like why, stop. why why she can't just leave the craft singles at the bottom of the grocery oh. and go for some of that top shelf dick in Paris. But no, she goes goes well, back. She's, she's in love with him and she and well, for a while that he's just kinda dopey. But there's nothing for sure. there's nothing All to right. show in the film that backs up that fact that she is so in love with him. That that all she wants is him. There's no substance to that relationship. Would it have been better that like he's carrying the bills, like more fine. He's taking more of the financial burden and picking up more shifts, so that way she can work I, at this job. I wanted him to fight more. Yeah, for the relationship. Yeah. Like, because or, like yeah, yeah, she, yeah that's exactly missed, what I want. She missed wow, his, Drew. <laughs> she missed on the this chick flick episode. <laughs> she missed the, his birthday for the. The uh, what was it? The ball or the? She had to go to this like almost like a gala. Yeah, the gala and that uh, that ended up choosing her over Emily, Emily Blunt. But it, you never saw any of like him like really going out of his way to like make her birthday that amazing or anything else besides the grilled cheese and then being kind of pouty. But okay, yeah. also you look really pretty. Going to bed, and then yeah, and going to bed when she's obviously like amped and ready to to have sex with you twenty four seven in this whole movie, and you're just like, meh, whatever. It's like, no, I mean, you take that treat. Like, what what are you doing? She wants a quick fight, blow out your candle, we'll have some makeup sex, and then it's gonna be done. You blow that out, and then I blow you out. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, yes, happy birthday, happy birthday. (laughs) Show me what that mouth do. (laughs) Grilled cheese it up. $8 $8 with the Jarlsberg ain't got shit on this. Oh. You knew this was going to go off the rails. <laughs> I didn't As soon as you drew I didn't know it was going to go this much off the rails. <laughs> so hold on, let me put on some Lord of the Rings porn. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't fight for anything that much. I don't think that he is. I mean, he makes like two good points. One when he finally has a... You're in a relationship with a phone. Yeah, you're in a relationship with a phone. And then, God, I mean, you're on a relationship with a phone. Which, I'm sorry, that's her job, dude. She has to be on the beck and call. Like, that's what she... 
and oh. she's doing this for a year. Right. And when he and when he also tells her like, you know, I, I liked you better in your old clothes. And then uh, then again, everything shit. Everything is a shift Completely from her. Bullshit. <laughs> everything is a shift from her being like this quiet, mousy, not really respectable type of a person from from other people's eyes. And now she uses her position to become a more empowered individual. She uses her position to kind of like do her job and do it well. All right. She uses her position to then flaunt the aesthetics and the kind of like treasure trove of her job and say, well, I mean, do you not like this outfit? Do you not like this necklace? Oh, you know, what else is new? Boom. I mean, and immediately. <laughs> Ba-boom. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-boom. <laughs> but I mean, then she uses like sex. She's becoming more of like a confident individual in these clothes that she probably never thought she would ever wear. Which I don't know why she wouldn't wear nice clothes. She's got a skinny, you know, she she isn't like 400 pounds. She's fine. She's great. Like, it, Listen, six. Uh, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yeah, but I, she's, she's used to the, uh, you know, like the, the tall boy Coors Light popped in the brown paper bag. Yep. Uh, whereas working for Miranda Priestly is more like Rowan Atkinson gift wrapping in, in Love Actually. Mm. Like, oh, but first, some fresh herbs, <laughs> cinnamon sticks. <laughs> no, really, I just need to put a bra on and put a skirt on. Oh, no. <laughs> There's more. I knew one of you guys would start quoting Love Actually. And I, I knew. I'm surprised this was that wasn't your pick. Christmas is all around us. <laughs> Or my best friend's wedding. You know, if, the one of the two. If there's a, I can't remember if uh, love is on the is on the genre. If I was picking a movie like about that, like represented love for a genre film, love actually would actually be one of the one of the movies because I love the fact that it is literally multiple stories of love, good, actually bad. love it, and it's in the title. It is. Well, you don't have to it, judge that book by the cover. I was going to say it's right there. It actually is. <laughs> so Emily Blunt, Blunt's character, <laughs> Emily Blunt. Emily, a long way from where she is now, being a badass, um, chased by chased by sound creatures, uh, <laughs> living and dying a million times, lawfully wedded to the Krasinski, uh, getting um, crap kicked out of her uh, by the Mexican cartel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Someone at home is going, "Oh, Sicario! Oh, that's a." <laughs> <laughs> I really did like Sicario. The first one, the second one was hot plate of garbage but um she looked incredible in the scene where uh emily shows up to the the ball or the gala and she's right. got this sort of lower cut and she's like you look amazing she's like If I start to feel like I'm going to pass out and eat a cube of cheese, and then when she gets hit by the car, I think that was one of the singular funniest parts of the movie, is when Emily Blunt is chewing her out, but she's get she actually gets to eat food, and it's it's a hospital meal. Everybody would turn their nose down at it, but it's got carbs, and there's a pudding cup, and she just <laughs> like, going she's down. just going through all this food while chewing out Emily. I, I'm I just one stomach flew food. away from my goal weight. You eat and carbs. <laughs> And she obviously goes on to do Mary Poppins, but there's actually a movie where her and Meryl Streep are in together called Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. And Emily's seen that one. Emily Wait, Blunt. Is that that sort of fairy tale esque? <sighs> yes. Yes. And the play was the, the, amazing. The stage play is outstanding. They had a version of it on Netflix for quite a long time. Yeah. The movie, not as so much. Even though Meryl Streep is so 
good. That's the other part about this this movie is that Meryl Streep is just Meryl Streep is great. great. And I, I do love the fact that, I mean, she, again, she doesn't have to raise her voice. Yes. She doesn't have to exude a that certain amount of energy, but it... It no, is no, so wasn't a question. present. Yes. I love the fact I love her character in this film. And she was she was rather trim in this movie. She was a bit of a, a silver fox. With, literally with the hair too. Yeah. Nice poof of white hair up on top. It's good that if her- I was like the coffee boy and she's like, come into my office at 3 30, I'd be like, okay. Tell nobody. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, her relationship is falling apart because she's a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Her, her, her second, yeah, her second relationship. Now, Swing her second divorce. Another divorce splashed across page six. Just imagine what they're going to write about me: the dragon lady, career obsessed, Snow Queen drives away another Mister Priestley. Rupert Murdoch should cut me a check. For all the papers I sell for him. Anyway, I don't. I don't really care what anybody writes about me. But my, my girls. I just. It's just so unfair to the girls. It's just another disappointment. Another letdown. Another father figure. <laughs> Splashed across page six. Do people read? Do people read the news anymore? No. Do you need me to do anything? Your job. Well, I mean, she needs to fall back on anything that is going to be a form of stability in her life that would actually re-exert her back to a form of power, like yeah. and, and, and on top. And much like Star Wars, Miranda has lost the backing of the Senate. The Jedi Council is wary of her. And she needs to think three steps ahead, and here comes Anakin all like, I think they're plotting to overthrow you. She's like, please. I've been planning for this for months. I'm going to like 960 through the air and kill three of them before they even know what the hell's going on. So then. Bitch, this is Runway. (laughs) Is Is the guy who owns Runway Yoda? Uh, no, that'd be Darth Plagueis. Okay, that'd be Plagueis? Okay. Yeah. Because. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I really think there is a Yoda in this. No, no. What would be the Her father? Um, mm. Okay, give some advice a little bit. Okay, what would be the uh, the new uh, Jacqueline? Keep you, keep you not behind rent. I will. <laughs> <laughs> what would what would Jacqueline be? The uh, the editor of a uh, of French Runway, a second sister or something. Okay, like another a Sith witch. Sith witch. <laughs> we're gonna bring you to Paris. It depends on if we're going canon or if we're going. Yeah. You know, legends of the expanded universe. We're gonna bring you to Paris, but you're not going to yeah, be but, a runway model. But there what? was a, this is impossible. There was How a Sith witch be? from uh, there was a Sith witch from Dathomir uh, that used a lightsaber whip. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Mandalorian, if you're out there, lightsaber whip. Please do it. All right, back to Double Wars Prada. <laughs> Double Wars Prada. Are we fashionable? No, I don't think I am. Me? No. I think the three of us, we are not fashionable. Mm. Yeah. At the slightest. And I, I think that sort of hamstringed some of us. Brooke would probably say that I dress like a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah. like, and once in a while, I can put on a nice shirt. Well, it's like they say that, that you reach a certain age and you just stop listening to current music. 
you just know what you like and that's what you listen to. That's true. I think a certain degree, the same thing goes for your fashion. Like once you reach a certain age, whether it's your late teens or your early twenties, you sort of like, you know, and job, I think plays a huge part into this. Cause honestly, like if she was just going into the journalism, she would still be wearing the frumpy, you know, blue. And I, and I, and I think that might've been her mindset too. Where, like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm a journalist. I'm going to be what I wear. at a desk. Yeah. And if I'm going to go out and I'm going to have to like, you know, maybe sit in the cold or sit in my car to observe and report, then I'm going to be comfortable. Plus, as far as fashion goes for us, it's it's a suit or a tuxedo. Yeah, guys, and we don't have to We do. can reuse and re- That's true. re-wear those same things over and over. Yeah. You can just switch a shirt or a tie and you're good to Polos go. Polos are a, where... an easy compromise. Yes, they are. So I've never been in a position where I've bought a dress or a suit in my case and just worn it one time for one thing. Yeah. And I feel like that yeah. happens a lot of times the opposite sexes. Yeah, I think I think it's very much the case that if I'm if I'm going to be buying a nice dress shirt and some slacks and whatnot, then they're definitely going to have to be reusable. Like I know for a fact that I'm going to have to like, you know, I'll get a button-up shirt that'll go with my, you know, mini selection. It's weird. I don't have that many uh, like dr- uh, dress button-up shirts, but I have a nice collection of ties. And if you head on down to Men's Warehouse, <laughs> it's, it's, you always buy one, get one. Yeah. It's like they're... We're going to like the way you But ties are flair. Ties can alter an outfit and make a whole right. outfit look and I, different. Right. And I think that's why like, I have so many ties and I know that they're going to go with the color of it's dress like shirts that I... Girl. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's an accessory. Yeah, but, and then, but the shoes, like... If I want to wear flashy shoes, I'd have to get like the high water suit where it like mm. it ends on the top of your ankle and you have to wear like the no the no seam socks and I got some sweaty hooves. Those socks. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like wiping your butt with airplane toilet paper. You're gonna need a few layers, man. But uh yeah, I, don't, I just don't have that anything. Plus I've got like hairy ape legs and uh it's like you don't wanna be showing some leg cuff. Some hair fringe coming out of the bottom of your suit. Not at all. No. So the ending of this actually, <laughs> <laughs> well, on Harry Ape legs, uh, she Amy really pretty. Amy pretty. <laughs> Monkeys, go away. <laughs> Amy mother. <laughs> but she does get the job that she wants with a great recommendation after she basically told Miranda to shove it. She's like, yeah. Not even to tell I'm to not going to be. She just left. <laughs> I'll never join the dogs. <laughs> I, I called Miranda Priestley and she said that, uh, that you could have taken over the galaxy as father and son. <laughs> Uh, but you didn't. But then she told me if I didn't hire you, I'd be an idiot. Everyone wants to be us, Andrea. I, I do. Welcome like- to the Tatooine Farm Moisture, <laughs> <laughs> moisture Farm. <laughs> Grab a shovel. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Sith Master. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that she did, you know, come back around and she finally saw kind of the error of her ways and who she betrayed and how. Okay, taking- and she saw it in their eyes! <laughs> and she took it from them! <laughs> that she was slowly becoming, like, part of that world. And he was even telling her, like, used to make, the, the, ex- the ex-boyfriend said, like, used to make fun of these models. And now, literally, you're one of them. You have it's- no power right. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the clone army. All the models of the clone army. Mm-hmm. Done. But she comes around, finally. She does. End. She does, and, I mean... And she- are, is he gonna just ignore... That she went and got French dick? Is that... I don't think think he knows. Of course they gloss over that. (laughs) If this was flip-flopped and it was a guy, then there would be another 15 minutes where they have to go through who cheated on who. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think he's he's very oblivious to this. 
she, to to her and what he's what she's doing. She went and she got some stuffed crepe, came back from <laughs> Paris, right back in the saddle with the boyfriend. Well, I Can mean, we pick okay. up where we left off. No, and that's a, that's kind of the thing that it is. I don't think that I'm he still is aware. <laughs> I don't think that he's aware that she went off and, you know, drunkenly fooled around with the editor guy. I cheated on you. I know. <laughs> I can smell it. Well, not even like, but he's, he's, trying, to, he's trying to be like, cute about it. He's, he's like, you know, I think they have, uh, I think they have cheese in Boston. And she's like, yeah, you think really? so? <laughs> <laughs> but she got a job working, you know, for this magazine. Like, I mean, are, is she going to commute? Is she going to commute the entire way, like every single well, that's time? That's when she decides to to not join Palpatine and Tarkin on this great Death Star journey of theirs, and she 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 exits. Yeah, because that's where you. That's where it ended up. Where she basically had Emily's job, and she was getting ready to go out into the world, and or stay on and do more things. Start doing tuchified things. Tuchified. But... Tuch gets the raw end of this. Oh. Thing. He's just th- he's just still there working for her, and it's like, cool. I didn't get the promotion. You, but he, but so he's was... trying to convince himself too. He's all like, she'll my make, time she'll, will come. She'll make it up to me. And you know, Andy's like, are you sure about that? And he was like, no. But. Miranda talks about how loyal everybody is to her and she could take the show and go somewhere else and put it on again. So there's got to be some reward that they're getting, whether it's financial or the influence or the open doors. So that I'm not quite as concerned about as it as it opening up as some sort of plot hole. I think... Well, he's like the Robert the Bruce. I'm, he's like, yeah, I may not be William Wallace and have all the hype and all the lore, but at some point, I'm going to be king. He's got mm. his van brace on. He pulls a little Chanel fabric out of it. <laughs> kind of twiddling it in the air. <laughs> you bled with Miranda. Now bleed with me. Now dress with me. <laughs> uh. The Star Wars references is actually quite interesting because much like the scene changes in Star Wars for like time lapse, like, you know, here's the ship and it's flying and then immediately it's like, you know, like a crossfade in a way kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They do that in this movie the entire time where you see the different expositions of her changing and evolving into the assistant. Every single time it's a clean transition or, or a swipe or a wipe for her like in one outfit, walks behind a pillar, another outfit. And it's the evolution of her, you know, going through those couple of months as the the assistant. Yeah, but I, we don't have the John Williams background music to, to compliment this. You all movie. you have is Madonna's Vogue. I need a I need a fight from Kessel to Coruscant. The twins are giving a recital tomorrow, but they're remapping the hyperspace lanes. Like you're 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 literally surrounded by black holes. Uh, that's not my job. That's your job. She's a lady. <laughs> whoa, whoa. It's, these the soundtrack is not my favorite. That is another thing I want to talk about. Like the the songs, fine. The, yeah, but, they're okay. But it's like yeah. the the lone guitar, <laughs> like strong woman on town. <laughs> I was so so it's thankful so they did bad. not play Uptown Girl. I thought here it comes. It's gonna be uh, <laughs> Uptown Girl. She went like no 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 no. Don't make this like crap. I mean, you already have a movie called Uptown Girl. You don't need to like drag more films down. <laughs> oh, Brittany Murphy. I uh, know. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, we won't have to worry about that anymore. I know. Anyway, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sigmantes. Segments. All right, our segments. So the first one is this stuff. 
Fashion is a constant and ever-changing world, especially for Miranda Priestley and newcomer Andrea. Was there ever a brand of clothing that you yourself wore in your lifetime more consistently than others? And uh, perhaps from your youth or maybe even through to today? And uh, have your brands of clothing changed? I think all of our brands of clothing. I think they would have to. You have to grow out of kids' clothes. (laughs) Um, The one, sadly, the most consistent through our lives, both my mine and my brother, was due to the fact of every Christmas, our aunt would give us fox racing shirts which we were very okay with it was like oh cool neither of us are dirt bike riders <laughs> but it was fashionable and it was cool to have nice shirts that had the fox racing logo on and here, kids would be like well here comes nathan in his fox racing shirt. Fox save racing? some pussy for the rest of us nathan <laughs> and i'm just walking through middle school mm, yeah what up what up but yeah, that was uh, short-lived for the high school and middle school time period. So that would be, but still, it was very, very notable in my life. Hmm. I think the one thing, or yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I yeah. think the one thing that has stood the test of time for me, I've at least owned one pair every decade I've been alive since my teen years. Wrangler, Birkenstocks. Uh, oh, mm. Birkenstocks uh, as a casual. Uh, warm weather footwear it's it's just like giving your foot a hug and i've had them through my teens and 20s and in my 30s and probably when i hit my 40s that'll be time to re-up and get them recorked or get another pair that's the one that stood the test of time early on there wasn't a brand it was just a look Mm-hmm. And it was the tie-dye shirts, the fish t-shirts, oh. the jam band shirts uh, or like old Shirts, yeah, shirts that had old album covers on it, mm, like uh, Voodoo Soup and uh, you know, Abbey Road and, and stuff like that. That was really like the hot shit item. Until Target and Walmart just gobbled them up and were like, we are going to yeah. dominate this yeah, sector. Yeah, but you, you would go to like the your your uh, record store when those were a thing, uh, or at least a more popular thing. There was a local store called Dingleberries in, in my hometown that had them. What a horrible name for a store. Dingleberries. Yeah, but it, it always smelled like Nog Champa when you walked in. Okay. But uh, as far as like nicer clothes, Brooks Brothers, they will make up to my size, which is helpful. Uh, because most of the time I couldn't get what I wanted. I just had to get what fit. But I've got some pants and some shirts of theirs. And they lo- they I've been wearing these same pants on and off for years. And they completely blow away like your Amazon or Target khakis and button-up shirts that wear out after, you know, six months of, you know, wearing them once a week to work or so. But yeah, that's my this. I also stuff. used to w- wear a ton of band shirts. I, I was trying to think of like mm. more uh, labeled clothing, but right. I-, I wore band shirt every day uh from either from a show or from even hot at the time hot topic was not so mainstream it was kind of that you could still get a lot of so branded to one select group of people out there right when i was a kid uh, two big brands that i actually okay maybe like two and a half maybe three bands but so big dog Oh, yeah. Uh, big dog clothing. because That's we, a 90s that's, shirt. Oh, very much so. When we were younger, we would always go to the beach, and we would always hit the outlet malls. And there was this particular outlet mall that had just a big dog store, okay? And we would always, you know, hit up big dogs, get a couple of shirts, maybe some shorts, 
Hawaiian shirts, whatever. So yeah, big dog shots. No. <laughs> Whoa. Then did you have the inappropriate uncle wearing the big Johnson shirts? <laughs> Jesus. No. How ridiculous no. was that time period? We were like, this what isn't a time to be alive. <laughs> but my but my dad, when he wear uh, what you feel. When my dad was teaching, he had he has a pair of sh- like short basketball shorts that has a pouch that goes right in front of the crotch that says catch of the day. <laughs> So he used to wear that when he would play noon league basketball. Hmm. But so a big dog. But then uh, things I would also wear when I was younger a lot. Uh, Quicksilver mm-hmm. and Gecko. See, I couldn't wear Quicksilver in my middle school because unless you were a skater. Were a skater. And you wore Vans and you could actually demonstrate demonstrate skating skill. You were branded a poser. So um, you, you, had to be, you had to be careful. I find it funny. The big thing in the 90s was if you went to Honolulu or you went to some, you know, other city, a major city that had a hard rock cafe, Mm. you would like, I remember my mom, like my grandparents were going somewhere and they were going to like Honolulu and the mom's like, oh, go stop by the hard rock and get Jack and Amy some shirts or a hat or something. They'd really like that. I don't know where this (laughs) started, okay, but people in, especially in the Midwest and around my, my old stomping grounds, it was sort of like a status symbol of like hard rock, like, oh. Oh, Hard Rock Singapore. Oh, we got a. We, he's eating high off the hoof today. <laughs> wow. Uh, but Ada's mom, she went Johnson, to Rush. Johnson. She, we went, got Johnson here. she went to like Washington, no, D.C. or New York or something. Nice and she brought me back a Hard Rock Cafe, like Washington, D.C. I was like, I didn't realize it was still the 90s. <laughs> but, <laughs> but thank you. you. <laughs> Did you grab it like a uh, flight of the navigator? Just. Oh! <laughs> it's, 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 the, it's the thought that counts, but it's like one of those things yeah, where. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would Compliance. never going to wear this hat <laughs> unless no. it's like post-apocalyptic and all my other hats <laughs> blown away oh, and like I needed rock. something utilitarian to keep the sun out of my face then yes uh, see that would probably then become your zombie land uh, name hard rock yeah here comes hard rock here comes hard rock mm-hmm. uh, uh, consistent clothing for me from even you know my younger years till now Graphic tees. Graphic tees are, are hard to, to go away from. It's true. It's true. Uh, more specifically for me, it's always been like superheroes or uh, movies. And that's kind of like my, that's been my focus for it. Mm. But yeah. I do really like obscure internet shirts that people don't have or don't see very often because I remember during a eighth grade graduation, that was when we were kind of like, we went to magic mountain and I said, you know what? It's all about the shirts. And I had, <laughs> no, like having it's Chinatown, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I had, um, I had a day to remember a band shirt that was from one of the shows and just getting a lot of comments about, Oh dude, I love that band. Where'd you get that? You know, just that, conversation starter i'm a social butterfly so that was my mo back in the day was that quick glance your shirt let's talk about your shirt was the instant conversation starter that just carried a lot for me through segment number two segment number two is well she's not happy (laughs) andrea is freaking out over her recent mistake of going upstairs to give miranda the book now she fears for her job Oftentimes, we can have bumbles that happen at work. Has there ever been a time when perhaps a simple mistake or a careless move made you fear for your job? Bonus points if you are able to correct the snafu and get back on easy street. 
Every day. <laughs> Every day I have something that I'm like, oh my god, that's it. Today's the day. Wrap it up. I'm getting fired. It's the big one. Oh. <laughs> It was it was a careless move on my part, but it was intentional. Uh, it was it was uh, the first waiting for tips, waiting tables for tips job I had, which was early twenties uh, in the early two thousands. It was at Harrigan's Tavern in Kettering, Ohio, and it was one of those Americanized Irish air quotes Irish pubs that really had nothing Irish about it besides that they served Guinness. But I was a, a student like 20 and uh you're sort of you're living paycheck to paycheck very poor and in like a lot of places you got paid like maybe two dollars and 13 cents an hour and you had to make the rest up on tips and waiting tables as a man in an irish pub that's not what most of the clientele came for <laughs> unless you so, got an accent yeah, well, then- yeah but again they wouldn't even know what to do with that because this is bumfuck ohio but anyway um <laughs> anyway all all my female coworkers were making quite a lot more for me because most of the, the clientele were male coming in from games of golf or whatever drowning their sorrows in beer so anyway i had a five or six top come in it was somebody's birthday they were all adults they were all drinking they all got they got like half the appetizers on the menu they all got entrees and it was one of those have you guys ever waited tables mm-hmm. it was one of those those tables from hell where you you can't leave it alone for more than a minute because somebody is like just chugging their their soda needs or their ranch water or, or needs ranch or needs drop my more hot sauce or or needs like got chicken tendies and needs every <laughs> fucking dipping sauce that we have back there. What so, else do you have? So I'm making a special plate just with like six different plastic ramekins of fucking shit on it. And I worked my ass off for this table. And they racked up close to $200, which is kind of hard to do. And it was, you know, a fair amount of alcohol involved. And uh, Kettering, Ohio is a suburb of Dayton, Ohio. And Belmont, Ohio is a suburb of Dayton, Ohio. And for Bakersfield, there is Oildale. For Dayton, there gotcha. is Belmont. Okay. So these were a group of individuals that slunk in from Belmont and had their meal. And uh, I was thinking, like... With $200 check, like, even if they did 10%, yeah, like, I'd still walk away with 20 bucks. It's been worth, like, the hour I've spent with this table. So, they paid in cash. I bring back some change and, you know, dollars and coins, and they left just the coins. Uh, it was like... Did like, you have a waiting moment? It was like 69 cents. No, you need this more than I do. <laughs> yeah, You take it. <laughs> yeah. But no, I I want to talk to the manager. I want some free t-shirts. I want some hats. Yeah. No, I I followed the guy out to the parking lot and I went to hand him the money back. And he's like, well, that's for you. I was like, no, if this is what you're giving me, no, this isn't a tip. So they brought me back inside and got the owner out from his office. This 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 is is waiting. waiting. And the owner is like, well, was your service poor? You know, was was the food, was there anything wrong with the food? And the owner got his wallet out and gave me 40 bucks because I showed them the check for $200. Gave me 40 bucks, which was a 20% tip. In front of them? In or? front of them Ooh. and explained to them that he hires almost exclusively students from the nearby university. And if they're not willing to, to tip their servers, then they're not, they're not welcome to come back. So it was no use. Oh threatening. wow! So I worked for for that bar for for a lot longer than I should have, just because that was pretty badass of that guy. Yeah, you have my sword <laughs> like yeah. that. Right. I would. That's a good boss. That's wow. a good yeah. yes. So 
But the, yeah, they 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 had my back, but I was afraid I was gonna get fired there for a second. Yeah, yeah I can. But people out there, tip your fucking waiters and waitresses. If you're something's fucked up with your food, bring it up with the management. That's not your waiter's fault. Yeah, mm, unless true. they like fucked up putting it in. But yeah, whatever. I for a while in my job, I was going to auctions for property. Uh, one of our uh, bigger clients would send us with large amounts of cashier's for properties. So bidding hundreds of thousands of dollars on real estate. Uh, very exhilarating, a lot of fun. You're spending other people's money, which is all good and great until something that happened with me. So uh, I'm at one of the actual uh, auctions that's not um, like city hall adjacent on the steps. Okay. Like right in front of the police station, you know, where they just kind of call out the property and you have kind of random people that are all yep. flippers. But yeah. Like, yep. up, you know, it's actually in like a ballroom at the Marriott and they have full on auctioneers and a lot more going on. Um, and I'm sitting there drinking my cup of coffee. It's, you know, it's a wonderful morning. I've already got two properties. And I'm looking at my list and I see, oh, yeah, this property is coming up and here we go. All right, let's go. So we start bidding and I, I jump in at a pretty good time. I'm going up by thousands of dollars. So just a thousand dollars up. Typically, you'll go up like someone starts it off as like a penny over. And then from there, depending on how aggressive people want to be. They'll raise by, you know, a thousand. Sometimes someone will jump it up to a hundred grand just to get a lot of the BS out of the way. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, it starts going from thousands to hundreds. And then all of a sudden, usually someone's like, yeah, it's too rich for my blood. I back out. And then, you know, the last person standing wins. Did you get a bet more? So I got a betting because <laughs> I keep looking at my number and I'm like, I'm good to go. My number was, I think, like 107,000. 107,000. Uh, and I was like, okay, I got this. I'm going up. And at one point, I thought we moved to hundreds. We were not. We were going up by thousands. And I kept uh, telling him oh, hundred up. Oh god! Yep, more. And the guy that I am going against keeps looking at me, shaking his head, raising his you know his bidding wand, and I'm like, "Yep, keep going. Yep, keep going." And I realized that I, after once I won the property, because <gasps> he finally was like, "Yeah, I'm done," and I'm like, "Oh, sweet." They called out the uh, the number. <gasps> And it was ten grand over or eleven grand over what <laughs> what I uh, was supposed to bid, and I I'm s sitting there as they're going over the paperwork with me, and I'm like, excuse me, one second, <laughs> I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom, vomited, I, I threw up instantly. <laughs> My stomach has never been in a knot like that. I think in all my life. I've done horrible things in my life. And this was just like, I'm, a I'm terrible person. I'm done. I think I'm going to throw up. I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Hold my hair back. Hold my hair back. I called my brother and told him, hey, I got Marcy. He's like, awesome. What'd you get it for? 11 grand over what I'm supposed to. And he was like, what? I, how did that happen? I said, I explained to him. And he's like, okay. I'm going to call them and let them let them know. Just sign, pay it. Do you have enough money? Yep, yep, we're good. Okay, we'll deal with it. So bought the property, instantly uh, you know, got in the car, drove straight to the property. He's like, hey, I'll meet you there. We got there, opened it up, and the house was in great shape. And so our whole rehab budget 
basically what we would have had to pay for like to rehab it was more than enough to compensate for the 11 grand that we would have had to do for rehab. And it was that like, Oh, thank you God. Oh, thank you God. So that was uh, a time when I thought that it was all done. It was over, but uh, all right. How is it uh, walking into an option with like a couple of years, three, two, three, four years worth of salary? And cashiers checks on you. It's, Did you ever want to like, all right, boys, <laughs> we're heading to Mexico. <laughs> um, it's cool because you have, and you also have like papers with power of attorney. So you are writing on behalf of an entire company and you're just like, whoa, I am buying real estate. And it's, but when you mess up, you really mess up. And uh, there's, there's, I have lots of stories of times that I. Why did you sign the, uh, the, payment uh, receipt with Nathan Big Dick Zimmerman. Because <laughs> that person doesn't exist. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm Welshing on the bed. <laughs> Did you wish Matthew McConaughey was in the background knocking books off a shelf going, no, Nathan, <laughs> stay! <laughs> don't go! Don't let him bet! Stay! Don't Jesus. I think we'll go to that. <laughs> So there was a time where my vice principal decided to ring me up and say, hey, I need to talk to you. And I'm just like, what? And it's never good. It's never good if like admin want to discuss something with you. No. No, because you you have to like scramble your brain like, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Did I did I not sign something? Did I not go to a training? I'm not sure what exactly is happening here. Did I have said a parent? I don't know what's going on. But then you go the opposite way. You go, I'm getting a promotion. Maybe a promotion. <laughs> I'm going to get a medal. No, a, a big medal. I'm going to get the medal of honor. Uh, yeah, I'm a great person. This is amazing. I get the key to the school. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she had, she said that she, uh, we could either meet in her office or in my classroom, which immediately kind of put me at ease a little bit. Because if it's something like stupidly and even very much official, like this needs to be a serious talk, like... It would have been the office. It yeah. would have been the admin office. But still... With like two security members. But still like my stomach's doing in knots. Like, I mean, if it was in the admin office and it was something that serious, I would have I would have gone and talked to her. I would have had my, you know, I would, I would have had my council rep, you know, being with me. Drew of Rohan, Jesus. you are banished. <laughs> um... On pain of death. (laughs) So she brought, so she came in and she sat down and we were talking. She's like, okay, so it was brought to my attention that you called a female student a bitch. And I was just like, what? (laughs) No, I have no I did not. And she's like, okay, well. What bitch said that? <laughs> <laughs> bitch said what? <laughs> Show me that bitch. <laughs> so uh, she brought it to my attention. I'm like, when it was you know, told to her. And then I realized what had happened. And I immediately, I, I explained it to her. And I said like, okay, no, I didn't. I didn't call. Like, I didn't say to her like, <laughs> you're being a bitch right now or something like that. This girl had been so obnoxiously snotty and just rude and just totally defiant. I didn't, but like, there's no cause for it. No idea what was wrong. <laughs> don't look I'm, just, at me. I'm just judging. Go ahead. Don't look at me like that. And so she had, she had asked if she could, not even asked, she like demanded. She's like, I need to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, okay, you can go. She walks to my desk. She like snatches the pass away from me and she just leaves. And I guess it got like eerily quiet, but I didn't notice it. And I'm talking to myself and I'm like, 
is she so bitchy? And that's that's what I had said to myself. Roast chicken! <laughs> so I had said that, but apparently I said it a little too loud for, I guess, another student's, you know, taste who had been like a desk or two away from mine. And that went up to the admin. And she's and she was all like, okay, I know you didn't call her a bitch, but this is what was said to us. And I explained the situation. She's like, okay, that's what I figured it was probably like. And she's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, obviously I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not like condoning anything. Granted, I'm not like some teachers that had been on our campus who literally yelled at students and saying, get the fuck out and threw a desk. I think I'm fine. <laughs> do they still work there? One does. Oh. One retired. <laughs> so it, this past month when I went on vacation, before we left to go to the airport, Anna had was bending over and putting on her boots, and she farted. <laughs> and it... <laughs> It had a it had a very odd sound to it. And there is not an episode that goes by that we don't talk about Anna farting or Jack farting. Anna, we love you. So she farts, and I'm like, "What the hell was that?" And she's like, "Out of all the women, she, she was, was like, the most human." She's like, "I was bending over. It was a wide butthole fart." Roast chicken. Roast chicken. And I'm just like, the horn of Ham Hamafel will ring once more, one more time. It's like 4:30 in the morning, and I'm like, Jesus! All right, let's just wake up call. Let's just get the car and go. So the entire car ride to the airport, I just keep turning to her, going, "Wide butthole, huh?" And so we get down, we get seated on the plane. It's taxiing out to the runway. They dim all the overhead lights. It's completely dark except for a few reading lights on. I'm listening to the Interstellar podcast, uh, the the first preview of that. And I turn to Anna with my headphones on. And I thought I said it rather demurely. <laughs> but apparently I shout sc- or, or whisper screamed wide butthole uh, oh, loudly no. enough that probably several rows in front and Side and behind us, just oh, saw no. a large man turn to his fiance and go, White butthole. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just looking at me like, <laughs> Stewardess, there's a, a man next to me. That- <laughs> like, what is it? Oh, <laughs> she, she's sitting down, like shoving in the bag, going, like, This is the man. This is the man I'm going to marry. <laughs> so it's like, um, Fear and Loathe in Las Vegas, the acid scene where it's like forever this poor businessman's going to be wondering what people are doing in the bathroom. It's like, I wonder what the guy at the aisle across from us, what, what he meant when he turned to his fiance and just goes, wide bottle. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening to my anecdote. Oh my gosh. It was anecdotal. Anecdotal. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one. Everybody wants to be us. Miranda reminds Andrea that she essentially screwed over Emily in order to get ahead and improve her chances, and go to Paris. But Andrea soon decides that she does not want this life for herself, and walks away. Has there ever been a moment in your life where you had to walk away from a particular group of friends, or certain people, or maybe even a singular individual, because you didn't like who you were becoming around them, or other circumstantial reasons? Hmm. So, I'll go first with this one. So, for eight years, I was very lovingly and proudly a member of the Rocky Horror Picture Show Shadowcast, The Velvet Darkness. 
Do the time warp again. And I loved doing Rocky Horror. I, I absolutely love performing the show. I was the criminologist and I would do the audience callbacks and shout outs, you know, MST3K style. Absolutely love doing it. I love ma- making people laugh. I loved making people uncomfortable. And uh, sometimes even the occasional. Uh, you we know, remember from the other play. <laughs> Warden. Love you, Drew. Okay, continue. Thank you. You want some of this pie? My <laughs> wife made it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it, it came to a, a point where I was getting... <laughs> Bring a pencil. <laughs> okay, sorry, Drew. It was getting to a point where it was not... And I don't want to say this in such like a light way or even like over dramatic way. Like it wasn't safe for me to be on cast because... In today's in today's age, educators, people who are supposed to be like, you know, wholesome, great individuals, and they're held up to like a, such a high standard in regard, especially because you're in charge of children. You're in charge of people's offsprings. Anything that can be misconstrued can. And anything that can be used against you will. All right. Regardless of the fact that like we're fucking adults and we're doing things on our own time yeah. outside of work, outside of our home, literally late into the night. Because Rocky Horror is done traditionally at midnight. Like, I had to leave cast because students were also coming to the show. Like, not even, like, even at a point in time where I was still teaching, like, students who were currently in the high school who were, like, seniors, who were some 18, some not 18. So I know for a fact when they walked in the door, I'm like, how did you even get in? And I know for a fact that that is from the costume alley in the theater. So let's leave before I tell the director that you took a costume. In, in So especially like if kids are coming in and people that could get back to and somehow blow things out of proportion. I, I couldn't perform the way that I normally would. I couldn't be in, you know, Rocky mode. So I had to make the decision to leave cast. And that that upset me. And it was it's sad. It's sad that that's what we would have to do. Our director for the cast even said like, well, we'll just give you a fake name. And I'm like, yes. Because a fake name changes this. It changes my face where no one's going to clearly recognize me. My face! <laughs> my face! See, Drew and Rocky Horpick show just five bucks. <laughs> so yeah, I had to, um, I had to say goodbye Don't to look my... Don't <laughs> Had to say goodbye to my friends. So, yeah. M- mine's very anticlimactic. In, in middle school and going into high school, I had a... A group of buddies that I got into Diablo with, Ultima Online, like that first internet battle net kind of mm, plunge. Oh my gosh. We would, as soon as we get home, jump on and like call each other. Okay. Okay. We're getting on right now. Okay. I'm, all right. I'm going to. I'm going to hand the phone and we're going to dial up and here we go and <laughs> jump on the servers together. And it was amazing and magical and it was unlike any multiplayer experience ever. It was amazing. Charles, Frito, and Philip. Those are the, the four of us and we would play online and it was awesome. Then at some point, I think Philip was the one that really started to kind of draw the group into Pot and Metallica. In the burnout direction. <laughs> Not Pod Metallica. When I just wasn't... Jazz Cabbage. Uh, jazz Cabbage. I was not into Metallica enough at the time. I was much more of the pop punk and like crappy guitar playing. I was still happy with the pot. It just wasn't the Metallica that did it for me. Yeah. It, 
but they would, I would go over to their house and like, I, I remember we'd go over to Frito's house all the time. They would just be playing the same Metallica rift over and over and over again. I'm, and I'm trying to play Ultima online. I'm like, I think I'm over this. I think I'm over you guys. Like, this is not <laughs> like, not in like a mean way. Like, I hate you. Just like, I don't think that we fit anymore. And so it was a very organic separation nobody i think like hated each other or anything weird we all still liked video games but just took two very different musical paths and would kind of see each other at school but not really even give more than a nod or something but it wasn't like a oh man i remember our times it was just kind of like okay whatever they wrote so many songs about you yeah (laughs) yeah it's 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 all good so like i said kind of anticlimactic but i that was the group of friends that was like yeah when you think of betrayal it's nathan 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 zimmerman (laughs) there's nathan my lord and yes there's nathan my lord what's in the news (laughs) what's in the punk ass betrayal news I'm playing you Diablo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pot, pot, (laughs) sign of Metallica. Uh, so for me, it was, uh, it's a battle net. It's a, it's a multiplayer. (laughs) We're we're also back in my early twenties. And uh, I was in a in a large house. There was nine guys in this campus house. I think my junior year, and most of us would smoke some jazz cabbage every now and again. You know, Adderall at that time was something that that people started to use more recreationally, and that I feel like brought cocaine, cocaine oh. onto campus. And so it it had been around, but. You know, nobody really bought their own. It was usually like somebody pulled you into some disgusting bathroom somewhere. It's like, oh, look with this. That's <laughs> never that's never how it happened, but that's that's how it happened in my <laughs> mind. But anyway, uh, some of the guys that I was living with started to really get into it. There's a guy named Ben who started. He got the nickname Benny Blanco for obvious reasons. I can't feel my face. Yeah, and, <laughs> and uh, then he st- it started to be like. Every weekend and then every week, like, there's just, like, a lot of this stuff around. And that brings with it a very unsavory crowd. Because you have to get it from somewhere, so now you've got, like, basically drug dealers coming into your house who are not students, who are make their living selling cocaine. And the people that sort of, their coterie of people. So, like, Xboxes started disappearing, disappearing and Playstations. There were, like, if you left, like... I, I remember the um, Outcast, the the Love Below, the two CD set had just come out, and, like, this guy was all about it, and it got stolen, like, the night that he bought it. Dang. And it was, like, it was ever-pervasive. And so I was like, this is too much, because... I came to realize that this is now like the de facto drug house for like this corner of campus. Bad things are going to happen. So I moved out and I got a cheap roach infested apartment just off campus, still within walking distance. And I was happy with it. I was happy that I didn't have to, like, I could walk home and it'd be like a Tuesday night and I could do homework and watch a movie or maybe smoke a joint when I was done with that. But I didn't walk into, like, a Tuesday night fucking pot party. Or, sorry, cocaine party going on. <laughs> because it, it's, it's just, clear. it never, it never yeah. stops. And your students, where do you get this money? So, like, students are dealing cocaine to subsist their own habits. So I got the hell out of there. 
And I was living in that house with one of my friends who I'd come through middle school and high school with, who I had sung in a choir in middle school with, and uh, he stayed in the house. And so I worked a Saturday morning shift at my part-time job, and I came home, and he had he was on my doorstep at my apartment. He had been up for like 28, 30 hours just doing blow. And uh, it was it, like he all paranoid and sweating and doesn't look good. And he's like, why'd you leave? You know, like, I feel like I'm all alone back there. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I've got, like, I had to get out of there. Like, <laughs> plus, stick my sick of getting my shit stolen <laughs> all the time. And I thought that was the end of it. And, and so he got out. He said that, that I tried to screw his girlfriend behind his back, which never happened. And uh, I go camping with the same group of four or five guys every year this was the sixth guy uh and he broke not only with me but with with everybody people even the guys that didn't go to the same Damn. college so it was just like a black hole guy that you thought would be friends lifelong but yeah it was you know in moderation fine but uh it's it, it was it rarely is it rarely is and really can be so yeah that was my walk away and it all it takes is one time <laughs> For them to take it too far, and there it goes. There it goes. There'd be an overturned solo cup on the like the table in the the main room, and you lift up the solo cup, cup, and somebody had broken lines apart, and then forgot about them. Like, oh, I'll put the solo cup on them, save for later. Like, we, well, we, there was like a running joke for a while that like every nook and cranny, like you could like open up like the teapot and be like, get a get a quick <laughs> get a quick <laughs> bump. Snooper. Like it was fucking everywhere. Wow, it was bad. Yeah, this is a Narcos University of Dayton. Got to get the plata. <laughs> <laughs> But that's my story. All right. So uh, segment's over. Movie rating time. Nathan, what what would you give The Devil Wears Prada? So Prada doesn't often come on sale um, <laughs> just because I'm sure it's a, a fine thing. But for this movie, if it ever did go on sale, um, 30% off. Uh, so 7 out of 10 um, is what I would, I would rate this movie. It's actually a pretty solid movie, but I would never give it a 10. I would wait for it to come on sale, about 30%, and then that's when I would I would purchase it. Get it at the outlets? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get it at the outlets. From stuff. Hmm. Uh, I give it uh, three and a half, or no, three out of five caddy quips, but I accessorize those three caddy quips with a firm parse of the lips. Oh. <laughs> Vogue. There it is. Hmm. I would give it uh, about two. Oh. Two and a half out of for oh. Jimmy Choo's. Okay. Yeah. I, I like it. I I think it's an endearing movie. It's a lot of fun. I think it's also neat to see the the high ensemble like that is fashion in the film because over a million dollars was just spent on the costumes for the movie. So like at the time, it was the most money spent on costumes for a movie. But when Drew really likes a movie, he uses the word strong. You did not use the word strong on that. You give it a a strong. It's usually a strong or it's usually juxtaposed with fun. Yeah. So you hated this movie. I did. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a good movie. I I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Where can they reach us at and uh, any Patreon specials? Well, you guys can always find us up on the interwebs. You can search for us up on Twitter at RealFeelsPod. You can send us an email at RealFeelsPodcast at gmail.com. Go up on Facebook, Instagram, and really, guys, any podcatcher out there, tell all your friends. 
Get them to Paris. But what if they don't have the internet at all? If they don't have the internet at all. Is it your local library? No. Is, is there no other way for them to reach us? Well, there is. And that brings us to our Patreon exclusive. And and uh, we're rather proud to be introducing uh, not just an exclusive for Patreon members, but, uh, you know, Black Friday is, uh, is coming up and uh, Cyber Monday. So we're having our podcasting wednesday holiday special this is the tooch line not a hotline a tooch line, <laughs> tooch line. Uh, so you the can pick up line. your tooch tone phone and uh you can call us at uh 661-376-0030 uh or you can always still message us on twitter facebook and instagram uh and if you are in a bind and need some wise but catty advice like such as not knowing what to wear to the company christmas party or what gift to give your overachieving sibling the real feels squad will do our best to deliver our answer with wit attitude and a plum so once again uh if you want to get a hold of real feels dial 661-376-0030 bang so yeah you guys can call that number it is uh, a direct line to us for our uh you know real feels hotline you can leave us a voicemail you know yell at us give us more movie suggestions Tell Jack that, uh, you know, you have a new sausage recipe mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, this is your first uh, free dime bag of feels. And, uh, <laughs> uh, for, so Smoke take advantage it of it this month. Next time, got to join Patreon. You got to pay. Oh. But no, it's it's open for all. It's all open people. for everyone. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Oh. A new way to contact us. Yeah. It's <sighs> open day at the country club. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up in two weeks, we have our... Real Feels Christmas Grab Bag Special. (laughs) So upon that episode, we'll be, uh, you know, having some festive holiday cheer, another gift exchange, Mm. and doing an early grab bag for season three's topics. And I think we'll have to come up with an, and we'll come up with an unveil season three's title. Yes. Because we had, we had season one, which was. Sort of nameless. Season one. Self-titled. Uh, a New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> season two was, like was Reichert's Beard. And uh, now we got to go with season three. And if you have any suggestions on what we should call season three, call the hotline. Call the hotline. Ooh. Because if you need to get a hold of real feels, you just need to call 661-376-0030. That's, that's catchy. That's hot. I like it. And but then after that we have after that we have our uh, our two Patreon movie choice specials that were chosen for us by Dave and my mama. There you go, mama, 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 comedian. <laughs> what about Bob? And if you're watching shows, um, definitely talk to us about shows we're watching right now: The Mandalorian, uh, The Watchmen, Watchmen. I'm gonna get on Watchmen. I Even, promise. Even uh, his Dark Materials, The Golden Compass. I haven't touched it yet. I will be starting it soon because I'm reading that book with my uh, students right, my seniors right now. We're reading that. Yeah, it's it's slow going in the beginning. I read the books, but again, it's. It, the books have felt feel like I've outgrown the young protagonist and the crown. We also finished season oh. three of the crown with the new cast. How'd that go? Oh, I really it liked looked it. great. Uh, uh, I think his name is Toby Menzies. Uh, plays the new Prince Philip. He played Brutus in Rome. Um, okay, you do and, like Rome, and I, I love I love that TV series. And then the Queen is played by Mila mm-hmm. from Broadchurch. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's David so Tennant. good! And then uh, and then uh, our our favorite Fleet Street pie maker uh, is uh, Princess Mary. Oh. 
Okay. Okay. So, uh, I think we might do a Patreon special where we just kind of semi either review a show or, you know, just do some, uh, some recaps. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. I deserve it. As long as we don't discuss the last season of Game of Thrones, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like uh, as a nation, you know, just I saw a commercial for it. We'll make a deal. We won't discuss season eight of Game of Thrones, just like Nathan and I do not discuss season nine of Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Right. So, do, so does Eagle. It. This is the way. Uh. <laughs> uh, so, guys, thank you for joining us, and we hope that you follow us and uh, come back around in two weeks' time. So, from all of us here, you're the realist and the feelist. And when I feel like I'm going to pass out, I have a piece of cheese. <laughs> And you get to eat carbs! Carbs! Just go!